Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where we watch a randomly selected horror movie every single week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey, Bob. What's up? Oh, last episode of the season with well, a movie that is. Yeah, I was going to say the last episode's next week. Yeah, well, we're, we're recording it right after this. Sure. So I hope you've picked out your categories. Um, kind of. I have. I have. And I told Ben this. You'll hear this on the episode. They're both categories that I've never heard of before. And I was like, because if you haven't been listening to recent episodes, Benjamin has expressed that his category for the podcast is very horror adjacent or non-horror. Oh, I'm a menace. Yeah. I know. So complete justification here. It's sure. It's probably not going to be very scary to anyone. <laughs> That's awesome. I love to hear that. But there might have been some intent to scare okay. behind the movie. So I went on a deep dive to try and figure out what are some of the scariest categories I could pick. And ended up not picking any of the scary ones because I'm a baby. Baby man. And picked ones that I thought sounded cool. So both of my categories are at least horror subgenres that I've never heard of that I'm interested in watching. So I picked some stuff that's pretty horror because Ben's picking something that's not so horror. There. And then you got your randoms, right? And well, then there's the random, which is also a horror category. Like, it's the same thing. I hope we get cannibals. No! I love cannibals. Stop it! Well, I don't love cannibals. I just really want to just watch them. <laughs> ben supports cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea. Eat your friends. Eat your friends. <laughs> ben loves them. Okay. Um, um, besides from that, I felt like I was going to bring something up. Uh, well, there was the thing you were going to tell me before the podcast, but oh. then you said it's not that Do morning. you want me to tell you right now? You can. It's, it's kind of cool. It's movie related, I guess. Okay. I, I, I walked into Bob's, our recording studio today. <laughs> My spare bedroom. His <laughs> spare bedroom. <laughs> and, um, I was like, Bob, I, I learned a fun Shrek fan theory. Oh God. <laughs> Do you want to hear it? And then he uh, changed the conversation away to yeah. distract me. And I was like, you bastard. So now we're here. Um, so do you want to hear it, Bob? Sure. Tell me about Shrek. So there's this cool movie theory I, I literally just heard this morning where it's something along the lines of there's a scene when Shrek is basically talking to the donkey for the first time. And donkey is like, what's your name? And, you know, he, he says Shrek. But very specifically, instead of just saying, oh, yeah, my name's Shrek, he goes, uh... Shrek, and there's a fan theory that uh, he just made up his name because mm. he didn't have one before then. No, that kind of makes semi-sense. Because, like, he lived in a swamp by himself, but also all the wanted posters just say ogre. Mm. And, like, hmm. even his, like, the signs for the swamp are, like, ogre, keep out. Yeah, they're not, like, Shrek, keep out. Yeah. Interesting. Also, in this universe, Donkey's just Donkey, and he doesn't have a name either. Well, yeah, because he's just a talking donkey. Right. Ogre huh. is just an ogre. Okay. No, I could buy that. That was way more oh, and then way more tame than I expected. Later in the movie, when he's introducing himself to Fiona, he's just like, Shrek. Just says it. Yeah. Without the hesitation. Because that's his name now. Yeah. He's gained a name. The name also means, like, fear in, like, German. It's something like that. I'm trying to remember. I took four years of German. It's a very on-the-nose name. And I can't remember. I don't think I ever learned the word for fear, I'm going to be honest. I never had to, like... Use a sentence with the word fear I in it. I think it's German. It Basically, it's a name with meaning, but it's a very, you know. Yeah, okay. On the nose name. All right. So, aside from that 
little Shrek tangent. <laughs> the, yeah, I the was the best type of tangent. I was worried it was gonna be weird, man. No, it's because there's some look. Not to dunk on an entire group of people, but Shrek fans are some freaks. I mean, they're just like any other fan. No, I mm, sometimes. I was telling sometimes. you about um, Shrek retold, right? Yeah, that's cool. Which that's is like a cool thing. Really cool. Where it's everyone basically got together and like, let's do the whole movie, but different like groups of people are just gonna do different segments of it. Yeah, like that's a cool like community thing, right? Yeah. I was talking more like, is this gonna be like a Shrek is love, Shrek is life moment? There's weird stuff like that for every fandom. There is, but Shrek is rule like, thirty four, Bob. <laughs> don't don't look that up. <laughs> if you're a child, if you're under the age of eighteen and you just heard Ben say that, don't look that up. They they know what rule thirty four means, mm, Bob. Some of them do. Some of them are okay. If if you don't know what that means, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. That's fair. When I put these on the internet, I do mark them as not for kids and explicit. Exactly. We say fuck a lot. Well, I say fuck a lot. Bob does. I just curse like yeah. a lot. All right. Aside from that, I'm trying to think of any news. I mean, we were just talking about Toxic Avenger last week. Oh my god, the trailer where they were releasing stills, and yeah, they dropped the trailer. I haven't watched it. You shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. Don't I haven't touched it. it. I did watch it, though. Um, what I will say, it's an interesting trailer, and I couldn't tell if it was stuff they just recorded for the trailer. Mm, or, or it's clipped from the movie. If it's clips from the movie. Because some of the things are clips from the movie. Mm-hmm. But the framing for the trailer, I couldn't tell if it was just recorded for the trailer. Interesting. I, I can tell you right now. It was just some news clips. Yeah. Mm, that's awesome. I love that. But just looking at it, and the clips that I know for a fact are from the movie... Not sure what I think. Really? Yeah. I'm still excited. I it looks visually good, right? Mm-hmm. But I was watching the trailer and I was like, ooh, I think there might be an issue. Oh, really? It doesn't have that B movie aesthetic. Mm. Oh no. Are they ah and that's I'm, something I'm worried about. And I'm not sure how much that's gonna carry over. Cause just just from the trailer, it didn't seem to be like super B movie. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I mean it's a much bigger feature nowadays than it was well, when it first came sure. out. Sure, But part of what makes that movie great is, A, the B-movie aesthetic, mm-hmm. but also just the shit they were allowed to get away with. Oh, yeah. Because they were like, no one's going to watch this. Mm-hmm. Let's have this, the most racist thing in a movie ever. <laughs> I don't know about ever, but it's it's pretty bad. It's, uh, it's real bad. It's pretty bad. And so, I don't know. It's just, watching the trailer, I was like, this looks visually good. And I'm sure I'm going to have a lot of fun watching this movie. Like, I I just looked at the trailer. I was like, this doesn't look bad. In fact, it looks like I might have a lot of fun. I'm just not sure how it's going to compare. Yeah. Is it going to be missing that Toxic Avenger charm? Yeah. Which is a big draw for that movie. Like, that movie, objectively, maybe not the best film ever, but I fucking love it. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's, like, really crappy about that film, but I love it. Yep. Now, with that being said, it might lose that charm, but it might just be a better movie. And so it might be able to make up for that. I mean, yeah, that's fair. So we'll see. Also, it'll be really interesting to see if, how short Toxie is. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested because, I mean, he's big in the original. That's kind of the point. Right? Yeah. Because the guy who plays him when he's not Toxie. is tall as fuck. I was going to say he's kind of a small dude. Well, he's tall, but he's like lanky. He's not even that tall, but he's lanky. Yeah. Yeah. But then he beefs up. Mm-hmm. Gets, gets huge, bro. Toxie. I love the Toxic Avenger. There was so overall that was just kind of a concern, not a big deal. I will say there was one thing I was like, "Ooh, I don't know if I like that though." Hmm. Just one thing. Do you want me to tell you what it is? Oh, why not? Fuck it. Because I I've I've seen some stills from it. We just see a shadow of Toxie, right? Mm-hmm. And he's holding his mop, right? 
Okay. The mop is weird. Like, the end of it looks like the top of a wizard staff. It's, like, green and glowing, and it looks hard but instead it, of a— It's just a mop. I know. I mean, I'll be honest. The mop is cool. Like, I like the mop, right? It's just a funny joke. It's just a funny joke, and that's the point. But if they turn it into an actual weapon— that'd It be... looks like it might be an actual weapon. That's kind of awesome It was just well. a silhouette, but it looked hard. Like, mm. in the sense that a broom is kind of hard. You know what I mean? Oh, like stiff, you mean. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. And it glowed green. I'm going to be honest, I'm not that upset about that because I would love to see Toxie annihilate somebody with, a, like, a weapon mop. He does that with a regular mop. Yeah, but, like, a weapon mop would be cooler, right? No. You don't think so? Nah. It's like the whole thing of, like... Because that's just a staff. Jason turning weapons into other weapons using uh, ingenuity or, like, Hatchet doing the same thing. You know what I'm talking about? No. I'm talking very specifically about a scene from Seven. Because that's not what that has on the end of it. He does that anyway, and that's awesome. I'm I'm thinking very much in that vein, I guess. And I think that's kind of cool. I don't know. Uh, I just wanted to mention that. Outside of that, though, do you have anything else to talk about? I have two things. Okay. First one, Saw X came out. Never seen a Saw movie in my life. Don't want to see a Saw movie. We're going to watch them at some point, because there are now ten of them. Ugh. <laughs> Damn. I've heard ten is, like, really fucking good. It has such a high audience score or whatever. Like, people are talking about how good it is. Very Terrifier-esque. They've been handing out Saw X-themed barf bags. Yeah. Because people have been throwing up and crying during the film. I've heard that. I mean, you sent me that. that is exciting. No, I mean, look. My thing with the Saw franchise, right, is that the first movie definitely has a reason to exist. Sure. You haven't seen the first movie. But the first movie is actually kind of decent. Especially for the main thing to know about that movie is that it's, like, ultra low budget. Mm. Like, these people just made, like, this shitty little feature, and it did really great. And, you know, overall, it's not bad. But then as the franchise went on, it became more about, like, gratuitous violence. Yeah. And torture, Mm -hmm. which is, like, fine. I'm not, like, super into that style of film, Uh, even though we do a horror podcast. But it is something that people like, and that's, that's totally fine. But I think it impacts how good those movies are. Hmm. As you know, you tend to focus more on the violence and less on the plot as it gets less and less coherent. I see. Okay. And I don't know. It's just it's one of those series where it's like, I don't know how, <laughs> how many movies this really should have gotten. And so for it to be on 10, it's kind of like, well, I, I also we're think here. <laughs> the other thing is, from what I can tell, Saw 10 is actually like a movie. And not just about the gratuitous violence? No, they've all been movies. Mm. Okay. Which is fine. I'm actually saying, maybe it might be better if you just lean more into the gratuitous violence. Really? Because sometimes the the actual plot of the Saw movies is like, why? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, fair enough. (laughs) Why did you do this? I just wanted to mention it because, like, you know, we don't get to watch new releases as they come out or anything like that a lot of the time because it would break the format of the show because we couldn't do outtakes unless we somehow recorded audio from the theater with other people it just be it's a whole thing so we try not to do it unless like it's something that's like this is only going to be in theaters you're not going to be able to see it otherwise or it's like a really 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 big deal which we haven't done anything like that yet maybe we'll do that for something like super huge but i don't know so you know i like to talk about movies that come out as they come out just to kind of set the stage if we ever get to cover them in the future so it could be like hey this is coming out also i feel like the front of the podcast is the place where we can just talk about horror news in general that's fair and because people are listening this that are horror fans, so it's like, maybe there's something on here they haven't heard of that they're interested in. What was the other thing you wanted to bring up? I'm so excited. 
tomorrow, as of recording this podcast, I don't know if you knew this, The Exorcist 50th anniversary is this year. Yeah. They're doing screenings of the original in theaters. I'm going to rewatch it tomorrow, and I'm so excited. Go with my dad. In theaters? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because it was his birthday. I thought you were saying you were going to rewatch it at home, and I was like, why are you telling me this story about it no. in theaters and you're not going to rewatch it? I'm so excited to see that movie in theaters. I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah, I like seeing things in theaters. They do rescreenings all the time of stuff. Uh, yeah. There's, there's one company that does a lot of horror stuff, and I forget what their name is. Do you know who's doing the rescreenings for The Exorcist? Uh, I don't know. It's probably the same company. There's one company that just organizes a bunch of events like mm-hmm. that. And they do rescreening stuff for horror all the time. It's really cool. Um, I'm so excited. Because, like, there's just something different about watching a movie in a theater. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's the whole, like, it's on a big screen and stuff like that and you're in the dark. But the big one for me has always been sound. Yeah. You have these really, really big speakers that are, like, surround sound. And it really does change your experience. So hype. I'm, like, I've not been this excited for a movie experience in a long time. My dad was like, hey, do you want to do something? Or I was like, hey, do you want to do something for your birthday? He was like, mm, I don't know. I don't really have time for anything right now. And I was like, you going to go see a movie? And I was just scrolling, like, what movies are out right now? I was like, Blue Beetle, a bunch of other stuff. I was like, I'm not really that interested. Transformers. And I, <laughs> Transformers. And I clicked on, uh, I was like, what, what day is you available? It was like Sunday. I went, okay, let's see what's on Sunday. And I scrolled down and saw they were doing the 50th anniversary Exorcist. I don't know if I've told you this. When I watched that movie for the first time, I watched it with my dad. And <laughs> he's always made fun of me my entire life for leaving. First of all, I was like I would make 10. Fun of you too. I was 10 years old. It was terrifying at the time. And he's always shit on me for leaving the room. And then I watched it for the show, and he was like, well, how'd you like it? I was like, oh, it's really good. I love it. He's like, me too. It's like one of my dad's favorite movies. So it'll be really cool to go to get to go see it in theaters with him. Fair enough. I'm just, I, I'm so excited. So excited to see that. Mostly because, like, I don't know the last horror movie I saw in a theater. If uh, any. At all. I actually don't know. I was going to say, we haven't done anything for we the podcast. We haven't done anything for the podcast, and I don't know if I've ever seen a horror movie. Well, that's a lot. I went on a date with a girl when I was in high school and saw a horror movie in a theater. Wow, that that's really how you impress a girl, Bob. Screaming um, like a baby. First of all, not my not my idea. <laughs> Second of all, didn't really watch the movie. I'm gonna he leave was too it. Scared? That. Nope. <laughs> that's totally what he's implying. Yep, that's totally what I mean. What movie was it? Oh, I don't know. Some shitty horror movie about space. Jason X. Not Jason X. That's <laughs> a good. Were movie. you a child? No, I was in high school. I was like seventeen. Oh God, it was some. It was a horror movie about space with like a little black goo blob that like attacked people. You mean a white goo blob? No, it's it's it was black, very specifically. Black? Yeah. Ryan Reynolds wasn't in it. No. Okay. I don't think so. Not. I mean, I don't really know what the movie. It was Venom. It was. Not, it was not Venom, which I have not seen. <laughs> it was Venom. Um, <laughs> the horror movie Bob saw in the <laughs> theater. It was actually Morbius. Scariest movie of Michael all time. Morbius. Scary bad. All right. Well, uh, you ready to do this? We got one category oh, left. Oh, my God. We have one fucking spot left. We One spot. And it's just the last spot in Meta Slashers. Before you tell us what movie it is, I have another thing I want to talk about. Because I've been doing this the entire season. I've been teasing to the audience, but more specifically, my friend Hunter, that we were going to watch Scream this season. Because you mentioned it to me before the season started. You're like, hey... I really want to watch Scream. I'm basically going to pick a category, so we have to watch Scream because I'm going to. Oh my! I just got really angry. Holy shit! I forgot about this. More Scream spoilers on my Twitter. Did They're you see everywhere. Him? No. Well, actually, I got yeah. Actually, I got six spoiled a little bit. Something that happens in six. That's Ridiculous! Fair. I'm tired of it. I had to go through and I just muted the word Scream 
in the hashtag scream. <laughs> I went through it on I can't I know more. I'm tired of it. Oh, it's so bad. The Scream fandom are a bunch of fucking maniacs just spoiling they're, shit left and right. They're really bad about it. It's insane. It's like just I've never seen these films. I want to see them. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, they're they're really bad about it. Like, god damn it, you guys. Quit trying to ruin this movie for people. And I don't think they realize it. They're just like no. everyone's seen it. It's fine. That movie's like still pretty new. Like it came out this year. Calm down, people. <laughs> I anyway. think it's more along the lines of the only people I care about like knowing are the people who've already seen it. So everyone else doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, my friend Hunter loves Scream. And he's been like, you watch Scream? Gonna watch Scream? I'm like, nah, I haven't seen Scream. I don't know where Scream is. This worked out so perfectly that if this is the last ball on the board, he's had to wait the entire season to hear us talk about Scream. So I just want us out there. You're welcome, Hunter. It's finally here. Ben, are we actually watching Scream? We're watching funny games. <laughs> are you messing with me? I don't know. We're watching, what did you call it? Funny games? Funny games. Funny games. From 2007. No. You, <laughs> you have to be messing with me because Hunter is going to be so angry. <laughs> You have no idea. <laughs> You're just not going to... Like, I need an explanation. Director's Michael Haneke? <laughs> he also wrote it? No way. No way you're fucking with me this hard. Are you serious? There's a break-in of two young men. There's a what? So anyway, Scream came out in 1996. <laughs> okay. We're actually watching Scream. Yeah, you get too confident. I'm like, let me fuck with Bob. No, it's less about fucking with me, 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 more me being like setting up this whole elaborate scheme and then you ruining it at the last minute. Yeah. Let me have my schemes. Doesn't matter, Bob. It's like one of the few things that brings me happiness. You title the episode Scream. This isn't for the audience. This is just to fuck with you. Mm. I guess that's fair. All right. Description. (sighs) What's your favorite scary movie? (laughs) God damn it. Why are you laughing? This is funny. It's an hour and 51 minutes long. I think it's long. I knew it was long, but I didn't oh, think it was... It's long. <laughs> it's oh, a okay. long movie. I like this movie. Uh, let me let me start with that, but I've seen it a lot. I mean, fair enough. I feel like this is people's like go-to, like, let's watch a slasher. It's yeah. this and like, probably anywhere from Friday 2 through... I guess 2 through 11, 2 through 12. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of in that boat of, I've seen this movie too many times. I mean, you know? fair enough. But I do like it. Uh, ratings are... Thank uh, God. Review scores. IMDb gave it a 7.4 out of 10. It's pretty good. Tomato meter is an 81%. God damn. And an audience score of 80%. Hell yeah. For awards, it has 12 wins and 11 nominations. Holy shit. Notable actors, David Arquette. Hell yeah. As Dewey Riley, played Chris McCormick and Eight-Legged Freaks. <laughs> I like that that's the one you chose. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Uh, we've seen so many David Arquette films on this podcast. Yeah, but that's kind of like the ultimate one, right? Yeah, no. Episode it's, one. It's this. It's eight legged freaks and scream for me personally. But I do love him in. Rebels. No, he he's most famous in this movie. Yeah, but I can't be like, oh yeah, it's David Arquette. He's playing Dewey Riley. He's also been in Scream. <laughs> well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Neve Campbell as Sydney Prescott. Uh, she played Susie Taller in Wild Things. Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers. Uh, she played Monica Geller. From Friends, oh. she was on uh, 234 episodes between 1994 and 2004. Never seen Friends. Matthew Lillard as Stu Mocker. I love him. Uh, Shaggy, Scooby Doo. Yeah, he's so good. Uh, I I love Matthew. He's Lillard. one of my favorite people. Like he's ever. just great. Rose McGowan as Tossum Riley. Uh, she played Cherry Darling 
and Planet Taylor. Terror? Jesus Christ. That name, she sounds really familiar. Is she in anything else? Uh, not that you know. That name is so, so familiar, but I don't I don't know what I know her from. What? Rose McGowan? Yeah. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. Skeet Ulrich as Billy Loomis. Is that? That's sick. What a good name. Played Chris Hooker in The Craft. Jamie Kennedy as Randy Meeks. Uh, he played Tim Avery in Son of the Mask, the inferior mask film. Those movies are not, I will say, they are not good. The first one's but decent. But I do enjoy them. The first one's decent enough. Yeah. I've heard the comic's a lot darker. There's a comic? I had no fucking no, idea. No, it's a comic. I didn't know they that. they got a movie adaptation. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. I've only seen the films. Oh, no, it's a comic, like, first. And it's supposed hmm. to be dark. Well, yeah, I mean, the mask itself is a fucked up thing. Yeah. Also, that totally makes sense for it to be a comic, because that is, like, the most comic book ridiculous premise I've ever seen in my life. Well, I just, just never thought about just it. Just the appearance change alone. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's very it's very comic book-esque. W. Earl Brown as Kenny Jones played Dan Doherty from Deadwood. Uh, he hmm. was on 36 episodes between 2004 and 2006. Joseph Whip as Sheriff Burke played Sergeant Parker in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Leave Schreiber as Cotton Weary. Uh, he played Victor Creed in X-Men Origins Wolverine. I hate the X-Men movies. And I love the X-Men, which speaks a lot. Those movies make me so angry. They're not They're not good. They're not good, but the X-Men comics are fucking phenomenal. And I, I think the real issue with those films is that the timeline's all janky. Yeah. And you can't. Which, I'll be honest, the X-Men comic timeline is also janky. No, that's fair. But they do a much better job of explaining it. But they do a much better job of explaining it. And it's just kind of like, guys, you could have tried on this timeline some. Yeah. At least like, a little. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I do like I do like their Wolverine actor. Yeah. Hugh Jackman does a good Wolverine. I mean. He could be shorter. He's a very inaccurate Wolverine. Yeah. But he's pretty great. But he's great. That's mostly just because it's Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Hugh Jackman's just a good actor. Drew Barrymore as Casey Becker. I didn't know Drew Barrymore was in this. Yeah, but she's like the main character. Of the movie. I've never seen this movie. Okay, she played Lucy Whitmore in Fifty First Dates, and then Roger Jackson as like the scream voice, Ghostface voice. Oh, on the cool. phone, awesome. And he did the voice for Singed in League of Legends. <laughs> I did not know that. You didn't know that, and that's extremely funny to me. However, that is not. I'd say his most iconic role, aside okay. from this, he was um, Mojo Jojo <laughs> from uh, the Power Girls? Girls. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that either. OG Mojo Jojo, that's sick. Yeah, so um, he was originally coming to this convention we're going to. Yeah, in a couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. now he's not, and I'm very sad. Well, you're sad, but <laughs> other people are much sadder about I it. I know, but he's Mojo Jojo. That's what you were excited about. <laughs> I was excited about. Never really watched the Powerpuff Girls as a show. Oh, I watched it all the time because I had younger sisters. Oh. So they would constantly be watching it, and I'd just be like, well, I guess I'm watching this too now. That's fair. I never watched it, but he's just funny. Oh, Mojo Jojo's <laughs> fucking hilarious. He's just a green, smart monkey. <laughs> like, that's such a funny concept. I'm sorry, but that's hilarious. Now, I did watch Samurai Jack. Oh, Samurai Jack is Samurai so Samurai Jack is great. Did you see the um the new like seasons they put out? I have not. Very adult. I Well, that's, yeah. That's the point. But also, like, so good. I mean, I, Samurai Jack is so awesome. Yeah, it's pretty great. We're getting sidetracked. But directors, Wes Craven mm-hmm. also directed A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. Obviously. Writers, Kevin Williamson, 
we've seen him before. You know, where did we see him, Bob? Oh, we saw uh, him literally this season. You better be able to remember that one movie. Uh, what was I know it? What you did last summer? <laughs> there you go. But besides from that, he was also like it's technically a writer credit, but it's under creator for the Vampire Diaries. Oh, I didn't know that. Never so seen it, but I've heard it's good. 171 episodes. Didn't know it was that long. Between 2009 and 2017. Holy fuck. Budget is estimated at $14 million. That's with a good amount of money. A box office of, do you want to take a guess? Ooh. Remember, this is two, 1996. Mm-hmm. So a, a tribute for inflation. And also that this is a horror movie in the 90s. And it was what? You said it made 14? It was what? Ugh, it was made for $14 million. Made for 14 Remember, horror movies were basically dead. The slasher genre died. Yeah, but it still probably made a fuckload of this money. This is what revived it, but just keep that in mind. It's pr- I want my gut says two hundred million dollars, but that's insane. That uh, yeah, it fifteen million. Fifteen million. Yeah, Bob, mm-hmm. the budget was fourteen million. Oh, sorry. <laughs> did, you, did you mean one hundred and fifty? Yes. <laughs> the fact that you couldn't respond. I had to think about it. Yeah, one hundred fifty uh, million. Close. A hundred and seventy-three holy million fuck. dollars. Yeah, damn, that's a lot of money for nineteen ninety-six. So much money, and oh my god, country of origin, United States, and the working title is, you know, I actually don't know. It's actually, really famous, scary movie. I had no fucking idea. Yeah, that that was the working title for this film, uh, which is why there's this very famous and not great franchise called Scary, scary movie. movie, which is a the first one is a spoof of this film. Yep. Which, I'll be honest, I think the first one's probably the best one. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I'll be, I haven't seen it in years, but I remember genuinely thinking some of it was funny. It's the most solid, mostly because it's a spoof of this movie pretty closely. Yeah, no, it's very, very close, but it's hilarious. And what's so interesting about like this working title name is that, unlike most movies where it was just like, oh, this is the working title for like the beginning of the film, mm-hmm. it was scary movie for like almost the whole production time. Like, really? Up to release, it was basically scary movie. Oh, that makes the line, what's your favorite scary movie, like, mm-hmm. hit way harder. That's good. Uh, in fact, like, after production, like, cast members received gifts, like, with scary movie. Really? Because, like, that that was the intended title. And, like, last minute, one of the producers was like, you know what's a better movie title than scary movie? Scream. And then basically changed it. Um, I don't know if I agree. And I, I, I don't necessarily agree either. But I think it's very funny because, like... <laughs> They had to get into, like, a lawsuit because of it. Because there was another movie called, like, Screamers mm. from another studio that came out, like, a year or two earlier. Damn. And they were like, Scream's too close. No, it's not. That's they, two different things. They eventually won it. But I think I prefer Scary Movie. I think I also prefer Scary Movie. Mostly because Scary Movie is generic, but in a good way for a horror film. And Scream is generic in maybe not this in not the same way. Yeah, I, we had this a very similar conversation when talking about Alien mm-hmm. and Starbeast, where Scream is more iconic, yes, and identifiable. But with how big this film was, if it was just called Scary Movie, that would be fucking sick. Would be a much better title if it had done well, but it did. So then it's because like, also Scary Movie like totally leans into the meta nature of this film, and that's so yeah, cool. I think it would have been a better title. Not me too. You know, but. I mean, you know, what can we do? Just what can we do? 19, 19, 1996. Neither of us were even alive. I was almost alive. Shut up. I'm a 90s kid. Fuck you. <laughs> I wish people could see some of the faces you make at me during the podcast. Bob's just jealous. I'm not jealous. I don't care. You ready for the tagline? 
Sure. Someone has taken the love of scary movies one step too far. Okay. Solving this mystery is going to be murder. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. That's how I feel about most taglines from older films is they're fine. So, um, you ready for the bad news? Oh, what, huh? Bad news. Uh, There's bad news? Yeah, there is. So, basically, when Williamson made this script, right? Yeah. Uh, it kind of started a bidding war because they put it up and, like, everyone was like, oh, I want to do that movie because hmm. it looked pretty good, which was kind of an unexpected thing for him because he wrote a slasher film after the slasher genre was basically unprofitable. Mm -hmm. But there was a bidding war, and the people who ended up winning the bidding war was, well, Dimension Films, which is, well, let me rephrase that. The distributor for this film is Dimension Films, who actually ended up winning it was Miramax. Oh, my God. They got to stop touching stuff. Who is a company founded by... Ugh. By... Uh, what was his name? Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, Bob Weinstein. Yeah, yeah the Weinstein brothers. I don't like that I share a name with that guy, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, so th this the script ended up getting bought by Miramax and then distributed by Dimension Films, um, which is a subsidiary of them. So this film and then a number of the sequels are associated with Miramax. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a negative thing nowadays. Well, yeah, because, I mean, they suck. Yeah, so I thought I should mention that. God damn it. Anyways, we've kind of talked about this, but this film's kind of a big deal because it revitalized the slasher and like horror genre basically when it died because it was dead in the water. Basically, yeah. people were like, we're not going to make any money doing this. It's bad. And this kind of was like, oh, wait, we can make money now. And then we saw things like, I know what you did last summer. Yep. Come out the next year and make a shit ton of money, too. And it's kind of created all that stuff we have now. This film also made it more acceptable for, like, big-name actors to star in horror movies. Oh. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Uh, is in this film. And since this film did well, it was like, oh, this is okay to do. Hmm. Like, we can have a big-name actor as our lead in a film like this and not ruin their career. <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty cool. Uh, it also created the trend of meta slashers in, like, the early 2000s, which mm -hmm. we kind of talked about. We've covered pretty and, uh, okay. Meta slashers, but more importantly, like teen horror mm -hmm. movies. That's probably a more accurate way to rephrase it. Yeah. And then obviously this started a franchise for Scream. I mean, yeah. What There's are they, six movies in? Multiple movies and also a TV show. Oh, I've heard the show is quite good. So, well, at least the first season. Pretty, pretty great. Next thing I want to mention is that there's a number of cameos in this movie. Oh, cool. Like a large number of them. Okay, I'll be on the lookout. Um, but, like, there's some really, really, really good ones in here. Uh, there's one with Wes Craven. Oh, sick. Do you want me to tell you which one it is? Uh, yeah, because I don't know if I'll catch it. Okay. He's dressed as a janitor named Freddy. <laughs> and he's wearing a striped sweater <laughs> and a fedora. That's pretty great. It's pretty great. Uh, there's also another cameo in here of Linda Blair. Uh, she's playing a reporter. Oh, that's cool. We were just talking about her. Yeah, we were. <laughs> so I think those are kind of two really cool ones that I didn't mention earlier. Next thing to note, Williamson was uh, partially inspired to write this script after he watched a documentary on the Gainesville Ripper. So Danny Rowling. Hmm. That's kind of cool. Actual serial killer. <laughs> well, okay. As you that do. That sounds bad. <laughs> it's cool that he based this, was inspired to write this because of an actual, like, real-life killer. Yeah. And I feel like that might lend itself to some of probably... 
the more grounded elements of this film. It was more that he was watching a documentary and it kind of freaked him out. <laughs> and then he was like, got in that mood, like that mindset of mm-hmm. thinking about horror movies. Next up, most of the filming for this movie took place in like actual locations rather Ooh, than on sound stages. That's cool. I um, love that stuff. Just because there was some technical issues with shots. So hmm. like lots of interior exterior shots. Yeah. Where, like, you know, we're filming inside this room and there's a window and if we keep cutting back and forth, yeah, that's like two different sets, and it's easier to just film at the place instead of having two different sets built. in a house. No, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so that's why that's done. But I thought I should mention it. You know, it's always cool to see, but it also adds some weird like logistical stuff for filming. Yeah, when you're filming in an actual house and not a soundstage. Mm-hmm. It's also my preference when it comes to stuff that can be filmed on location. Like, of course, when you make a sci-fi film, you can't film on location because you're probably somewhere ridiculous that you can't actually be. But in a film like this, I love that sort of thing. Yeah. Next thing I want to talk about, because I think it's kind of funny, is the fact that there was a point in time when working on this film where the, the Weinstein brothers were so critical of Craven's work on the film that they called it workmanlike at best uh, and were considering like abandoning the whole film project. Oh my God, that's nuts. And they were basically like, yeah, I don't like anything about what you're doing. It's bad. Change up the mask, reshoot all these scenes. Wow. And um, eventually Craven was like, all right, how about I make you a deal? I'll take all this footage I have, which was really honestly only from the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like they, they hadn't shot much. And he was like, I'll edit it. I'll edit all this raw footage together into like a, a prototype. Like a proof of concept thing? Yeah, for this early part of the movie. And I'll put in like some basic sound and stuff like that. And if you don't like it, We'll just scrap the whole project. Holy shit. Uh, and he put it together, and they were like, eh, what? <laughs> I think they're basically their words were like, what do we know? <laughs> You're doing great. So, And then they gave him more money. <laughs> so nice. I thought that was very funny. I, I love stories like that when it comes to, at least in theater and in movie production, a lot of the time, from what I know and what I've heard, Executive producers and like big wigs who own like the studio will come and like suggest things and directors go, Oh yeah, I'll put that yeah, I'll make that change, I'll put that in the movie, and then they just don't listen. They just do what they want anyway. A lot of times it does come from the fact that a lot of the times the executives don't understand movies in the yep. same way. It's a whole thing. Especially and in theater. Like it's it's so funny. Well the way I know it is like cinema because they'll come down and they'll be like, Well, this tested well with the audience, maybe you should add this and the yeah. director's like it's not going to work, but well, I've okay. Had multiple situations where someone like will come down and talk to the director and be like, yeah, can we make this change for this reason? The director, will, oh, yeah, I'll make that change. They go away and the director goes, I'm not fucking doing that. Because it's just a logistical nightmare and you're doing it for no reason. Yeah. And I just really, <laughs> I just really think it's funny that Wes Craven was like, look, if you don't like it, we'll scrap it. That's no, nuts. He, no, he was really upset. Like, really upset i mean i would be too if i'm putting all this time effort and money into something or not money i guess but time and effort no so he when he got this project had basically had a couple flops like for movies Mm. and so he's starting on this new project and almost immediately off the bat is insulted and told your work is garbage and you know he, he wanted to complete the movie yeah and it wasn't like oh i'll make you a deal it was like i'm begging you Please don't cancel this project. Let me maybe show you something to save it. Hmm. And, you know, they gave in eventually. We were like, sure. But if it isn't good, I'm just going to scrap the whole thing. Yeah. So it, it was a really close call. So That's I, crazy, I honestly. That. 
the last thing to mention here, and to be honest, there's a there's a ton of stuff we could talk about with this oh, movie. Yeah. That I'm just not gonna get into because um there's too much to talk about. Same thing as we talked about with Alien, you know, where it's mm-hmm. well documented. Like there's a whole nightmare behind the mask for this film. Really? Yeah, because it was for a certain company, but then they were like, "We don't want to pay you for that," so they made their own. <laughs> Damn, stuff like that. But um, long story short, the last thing I really do want to mention for like behind the scene facts for this movie is that the MPAA originally gave this film a NC-17 rating. Really? Which uh really annoyed Wes Craven, uh, and he was very frustrated about it because he was like, "Yeah, this is just the MPAA just being." being dick bags dick bags because they gave it a nc-17 rating for intensity how does that what too intense what not too gory or too violent they were just like the movie's too intense we're not going to give you like any specifics about like what you need to take out just the movie as a whole is too intense that's horseshit and uh, you know they only eventually changed the rating to an r after uh nine cuts and an argument from like miramax and stuff that like hey the movie's a spoof not meant to be taken seriously lots of lots of hoops to jump through that's so dumb and it's very frustrating that's a dumb reason to get mm-hmm. a nc-17 rating yeah Wes craven has talked about it. he's like yeah i'm really good at this thing and i make a good movie and then they tell me no not that there's an issue with like these scenes but yeah that it's too intense like i did too good of a job yeah i literally <laughs> that's so dumb and i mean nc-17 it looks like it might be changing nowadays with how terrifier did yeah that's true but you know, for the longest time, the whole idea with NC-17 is it's basically you can't make an NC-17 movie because mm-hmm. it's financial suicide. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, now they're not even putting out, like, Terrifier, if it was released, would be NC-17. Like, yeah. if it got rated by the MPAA. But now they're just releasing films on rating. They're doing okay. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, we've kind of reached a point where... <laughs> people don't care anymore. People don't care. And I'm cool with that. I love watching crazy shit like that. But yeah, that, that's all I have to talk about for this movie for, like, facts because I don't want to get into too much else <laughs> no i mean it's a lot to unpack uh, this movie is extremely famous there's tons of other content on it and if you are an audience member and you want to hear stuff that's more in depth um, i'm sure there is a much more produced podcast <laughs> that does a much better job than we do on this sort of thing because that's not really the point of this show okay. all right well i guess we can get to the movie now yeah we'll uh see you guys in a minute Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We just finished watching Scream. Yep. Uh-huh. What do you think, Bob? It's good. Yeah? It's a good movie. No, it's it's really good. I I liked it a lot, actually. All right. It's much funnier than I anticipated, <laughs> which was probably the best part. Yeah, you know, it's a, lot of, it's a lot of fun. I think it's mostly, like, the different movie references splattered throughout. Yeah, They're that was the big one. Kind of a fun nod, but also just some of the... The actors mm-hmm. and how they characterize their parts, especially Matthew Lillard. Oh, he's so funny. He's so funny, bro. He's just a maniac in this film. Yeah. And it's almost too much, but I just love it. No, it's super good. I like it a lot. Uh, on that note, though, I'm kind of in this weird place where the talk about this film, I kind of have to spoil it. Yeah. So I'm going to do like the simplest description ever. Mm-hmm. And then you just want to go into the spoiler section. I'm going to be for real, for real. And this is coming off of someone who has just seen this movie for the first time. I don't know if we even should include a spoiler section because the whole movie is a spoiler section. Yeah. Like, there's nothing you can talk about in this film that is not not a spoiler. Well, yeah, I know. That's what I meant. It's like, I'm going to give, like, a rough description of this film, and then the whole discussion is going to be, in, like, a spoiler. Yeah. Like, I basically what I'm saying is there's not going to be a spoiler section. From after this description Ben's going to give that's very loose— 
We're just going to start spitting facts. Yeah. Simple premise, though. Uh, there's this guy. His name's Ghostface. Yeah. That's what they call him. I guess that's his name, technically. He, in this universe, is just wearing, like, a cheap Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. You know, black robes, white mask. Yeah. And he is murdering in Woodsboro. I believe that's the name of the town. You actually got it right for once. That was pretty... I Listen, I, the number of times you've gone, I think it's this town, and I go, no, that's not the right town. And I tell you the right town name? I was surprised you got this one right. Yeah, it's the town that dreaded sundown. Ba-doom. I didn't. I didn't get that. It's it's a movie. Okay. <laughs> they also make that joke in the film. Oh, so, do they? Yeah. Yeah. That's. Uh, we'll There's get a to curfew that. and like. Yeah. Dewey's yeah. like, yeah, it's like the town that dreaded sundown. That's the description. Ghostface yeah. kills people. Can't really give anything else away. Yeah. So, um, no, that's fair. We're just gonna go into the spoiler section now. Yeah. So yeah. It's it's so hard to talk about this movie without spoilers. I'm just gonna go straight off the bat. I don't know if you heard it right now. Bob clipped it in earlier, or if he's gonna know. clip I it in find l- it. later. Bob, it is the first ten seconds. If you cannot find it, I am going to insult you for incompetency for like two weeks. Um, I'm gonna be honest; they haven't heard it yet. But I know. But I know you were gonna put it in later. Right before, like I put on the movie, I turned to Bob and I was like, "Hey, I know you know spoilers for this film." What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> and Bob told me what he knew. And I was like, huh, you know, I want you to say that on recording just in case so we can put it into the episode so they know what you're coming in with. And, of course, Bob didn't realize that I said that because the spoiler he knew for this movie was wrong. Partly. I was partly <laughs> wrong. <laughs> it was very wrong. I, um, it, so, spoiler for who the killer is in this movie I'll let you know beforehand, unlike those other Scream fans. Yeah. Um, but Bob goes, yeah, I know who the killers are. It's Matthew Lillard's character, Stu. Yes. And David Arquette's character. Yeah. Dewey. Yeah. Bob, mm-hmm. was that a correct knowledge for you? 50%. 50%, right? 50%. Who are the killers? Well, it's Stu. I was right about Stu. And <laughs> right I knew, about I knew Stu. that. But why did I think it was Dewey? Who was it, actually? Billy. Billy Loomis. Like, yeah, I couldn't remember his name for a second. Yeah. And it was it was a very f- fun time that yeah. you, you didn't know. Yeah, it was funny. Because the whole movie, you were going like, oh, it sucks that Billy is <laughs> getting framed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was also really nice because, like, this is one of those films where you really don't want to know who the killers no, are. No, absolutely not. Because half the fun of this movie, and they even reference this fact in the movie and mm-hmm. very specifically randy references this fact well, fucking randy that everyone's a suspect and yeah. the film really does try really hard to make everyone a suspect no and everyone is a suspect and that's what makes this movie fun the most egregious version of it is at one point the sheriff drops a cigarette on the ground and we see his boots and they're the same boots we see the killer in yep and we have no reason to think it's that character no besides that not. one thing out of nowhere but the fact that you didn't know one of the killers but thought it was someone completely different. It was funny. And not only very funny for me, but I think probably gave you the closest experience to just going in blind. Yeah, that basically, we yeah. Hoped for. So that was that was really nice. If very funny. No, it was <laughs> funny. The whole time you were it like, was definitely funny. I know Dewey's a menace. Because <laughs> he, look, of all the characters they set up to be the killer, which is a lot of them, most of them, in fact, I would say the biggest... Red herrings are Dewey and Randy. Oh, no. Dewey is egregious. Randy. 
I mean, Billy and Stu are pretty obvious red herrings. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of the point. Uh, but yeah, Dewey and Randy are kind of the... Like, like every time Dewey would do something suspicious, I'd go, damn, sucks that he's the killer. Yeah, they, they, they did really set it up pretty heavy that it could be them. And I can't remember if that was something in maybe early scripts that was the case. Oh. Um, I don't know. Okay. I just don't know off the top of my head. I do know, though, that um, Dewey was originally supposed to die at the end of the movie. And then I didn't test well, and they were like, you know what? Let's cart him out well, of the stretcher. Well, so, because he's so likable. He's so likable. He's by far the funniest character this entire film. Although, I will say, Randy's my favorite. No, Randy's pretty good. Randy's great. he's just... The nerdy horror guy. Randy is the meta part of this meta movie. Yeah, and it, it does make me wish for maybe that alternate universe where it was Dewey and Randy. Dewey, it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> the, the, the incompetence. Would, no, I think it would be weirdly hyper competent. You think so? Yeah. The amount of time. No. Just I'm sorry. Dewey's for, a bumbling fool. For no reason. That would be the hyper competent. <laughs> Aside from that, though. I don't know how much I have to talk about this film. No, I don't either. I'm in this awkward place where I've seen this movie a bajillion times. Yeah. So I don't have anything that really stands out to me mm-hmm. so much as like, oh, wow, that's super cool or interesting. I got a couple things I want to talk about. So, yeah, I'm just going to let you lead the conversation. There's one thing I want to talk about, but it's about the end of the movie and it's a very small thing. So I'll, I'll okay. do that last. So let's get you out of the way. This is by far and this is a whole category called meta slashers. This is by far the most meta film we watched and it does the best job with it. It's oh, yeah. so entertaining and cool. They do so many small nods to other horror films, not only by including Randy, who's someone really into horror and spouts horror nonsense all the time, but also just like dialogue. other small stuff dialogue. Yeah. Oh my God. The dialogue. Like, Every other line has a movie name in it. Yeah. Or it's a reference to something or it's like, Basically, there's so much subtext that it's almost almost the subtext is the text of the film, and it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, the other thing they do is, and I noticed this, Ben didn't notice it, one of the big points at near the end of the film is that they're all at Stu's house at a party. They're all watching Halloween on the TV. You all know I love Halloween. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I thought you hated that movie. I hate the third one specifically. Well, mm, no, that's your favorite. Mm, mm, I, hate, <laughs> I hate three and five. Four's fine. Anyway. And they do this really cool thing where Halloween's playing on in the background, and they use the music from Halloween in the scene around that movie. And it's so fucking cool. Yeah. It's very specifically the music from the scene where... I mean, I noticed that, but it's just background at this point for me, you know? But it's cool because it, I think, it's layers, man. Yeah, I and think... And the layers add a lot. I think the more noticeable part about that is not the music. It's the fact that there's screams and panic in that movie. Mm-hmm. And that lines up with like tricking characters. Yeah. Obviously, there's the most meta move, the most meta moment in the entire film, which is Randy watching <laughs> Halloween on the yeah. TV, and he's yelling at Laurie to turn around. Yep. Right as the killer's behind him, mm-hmm. and the audience is going, "Turn around, Randy!" Yeah. No, it's great. I I just I just wanted to point out that this is probably the best meta film we've seen on the podcast, and it's like. It's so much better than every other one, like head and shoulders above the rest of them, in my no, opinion. No, it is. I I think I straight up told you that at the beginning of the season. Like, like S- Scream's better than the other two we've watched. These are just like, I know what you did last summer, I would say it's like second place. And sure. Then Urban, Urban Legend is like third. Yeah. I would say maybe the only thing that comes close is Friday 13th Part 6. Maybe. Yeah, but that's 
totally very different. It's a very it, goofy movie. It's totally very different. But it's goofy in similar ways to this. No, so... Because this movie isn't goofy, but it's funny. Yes, I think that's the difference. So what I think so great about the humor in this movie versus something like Friday the 13th Part 6 is Part 6 is very goofy mm-hmm. and almost cartoon-esque. That's fair. And this movie is humorous mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of the humor comes from the characters either being outlandish or just mentioning a funny like in joke for the audience it's it's very n- normalized in real humor like yeah. something you would see actual teenagers doing yeah versus oh let's throw this guy into a tree and he leaves a smiley face on the <laughs> log you know <laughs> yeah oh man another thing that i like about this film while we're on the topic of goofiness and humorousness is it's funny but not in a cartoonish way. Like I just said. Yeah, well, yeah, but hold on. Let me let me get to my point <laughs> that here. That point I just made? Well, this, this part of my new point that I'm making. But the fact that it is so grounded makes when people actually get murdered so fucking brutal. Yeah. I did not expect the kills to hit how hard they hit in this film. I was half expecting something similar to I Know What You Did Last Summer or Urban Legend where the kills are cool and, like, they're pretty gruesome but, but you don't see them but you don't see them but in this film you see them and they're also impactful yeah from what i heard they had to cut a couple scenes like not cut them but cut them down mm-hmm. because it was just too too much like i have not winced like that in a while there is a couple scenes where i was literally like oh my god and i think that comes from the, another great thing about this movie all of the characters are really well written and you give a shit about them yeah and they're acted really well, so when people die, I actually feel bad. Fair enough. I, to be honest, I think the reason the kills are so impactful in this film, you know, besides the fact that you do like some of these characters, because that is a really important part of the film, mm-hmm. I, I think the real reason, though, that the kills hit so hard is because, at least for the first half of the movie, that kind of gets a little bit more egregious at the end. The amount of damage characters can sustain and survive just feels very realistic yeah no for sure and that's why i feel like they hit hit so hard mm-hmm. is it just it has this layer of realism to it because it looks real i guess yeah i think the best example of that because i personally think it's not well the it's not the most graphic kill but it is the most like almost brutal is kenny oh because kenny God. just gets his throat slit out of nowhere and it's just this moment of oh no that's He's dead. He's just dead. Yeah. Like, no build-up, no nothing. It was just, boop. And I I think that really does capture, like, just the danger and brutality of it. No, it... And, in fact, it's kind of a frustrating moment for me. Because, like, part of the thing for this movie is that all the characters are supposed to be kind of Mm hyper-competent. But because of the way this film is written, you kind of know the killers have to lose. Yeah. Like, they have to be incompetent in some ways. And... At least for me, one of the most frustrating parts of the movie is the fact that they're very stab-happy with their knives Mm -hmm. when they would have been such, like, much more effective slashing. There's a lot of moments where it's like, you could have killed that person if you just slit their throat. Fair enough. Just thought I should mention that. That all you got, Bob? So, we haven't really talked about Ghostface at all. Like, as a killer, I like Ghostface. I I think he's cool. From what I've seen, I've only seen the first one. There's fucking six of these movies. He's basically the same character. Really? In every movie. The coolest part about Ghostface, at least I think in this movie, and it's something that a lot of other slasher films have a problem with when you go into long-running series, is they evolve for more than just a guy. And in this movie, Ghostface is just a guy, and he gets the shit kicked out of him sometimes. And I love it. 
Very specifically, I think it's Billy getting the shit kicked out of him. Maybe. We don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Billy. You know, we don't know. One of the nice things about this movie is it's pretty well plotted out. Mm -hmm. And so people have, like, gone through and been like, oh, it's this killer at this point. Yeah. And also, logistically, he could have been there. Sure. And generally speaking, the killer who tends to get the crap beaten out of him. And it's awesome because, it once again, it adds to the realism of, oh, I'm fighting for my life, so I'm going to kick this guy in the nuts. Yeah. Or I'm going to fucking throw a beer bottle at him and shit. Like, it's just... It's refreshing when you watch other slasher films and go, oh, you're just going to helplessly get murdered right now for no reason instead of kicking the shit out of your killer. I mean, that's fair, but that's just because, like, the slasher genre is really kicked off by Halloween yeah, Friday the 13th, both mm-hmm. which have giant man. <laughs> Demons for murderers. I mean, sure. and But that's what's refreshing about this is, like, I'm coming off of all of that, so I'm like, oh, Ghostface just got his shit kicked in. That's sick. Yeah, that's fair. Like I just I really appreciated that because it makes it makes everything feel so much more grounded. And that's the thing about this film is I just I love that it's low not low stakes. It's very high stakes, but low like bullshit. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Like it's no like, ah, he's an unkillable zombie ah. that's come back from the dead. It's like, no, that's just a guy in a mask, man. And that's sick. Yeah. It's everything about what makes Michael in Halloween one so good. Until he gets back up a lot. But he's pure evil. (laughs) But he is pure evil. Last thing. And I Mm -hmm. think this is probably my... I don't know if it's my favorite part, but it's one of my favorite parts. We talked about how good the acting is. Specifically, the acting on Stu and Billy is fucking nuts. Because for the whole movie, they see... Well, okay, Stu's a little unhinged the entire time, but that's just kind of his character. And so, like, when, when you get to the end, it's revealed that they're the killers. They flip. Billy does such a good job. Like, such a good job. I'm going to say this right now, because I know you didn't catch it. Go rewatch the movie, yeah. knowing who the killers are, and it is so obvious. Really? The second time around, once you know, mm. because Stu will do something, and you see Billy give him the most blatant side eye of... Like, at one point, Stu gets really defensive, because they're discussing who the killer is, all the yeah. friends. And Billy just goes, Stu, no one called you a killer. <laughs> See, just a bunch of really obvious stuff like that. Yeah, which like you don't catch the first time because a you're looking for one person, mm-hmm. and two killers was unthinkable before this. So it's really cool. No, I just I just want to commend both of them because like they do such a good job at the end. Like they're both fucking psychotic in like the most insane way possible, and I love it so much. Fair enough. Is that all you got? I think that's all I got. All right, then I have. I've, I've upped it to three things I'm going to mention just okay. really quick. First of all, in the first half of this podcast, I mentioned how Drew Barrymore was the main character of this film. Yeah. And Bob believed me. Sure. I had no reason not to. Which kind of sucks because that was a really great bit if Bob knew who that was as an actress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, also. Uh, I would have showed you a picture if I realized you didn't know who Drew Barrymore was. Yeah. Um, I knew that she was going to die because. That's the same way Scary Movie opens. Oh, fair enough. So well, I knew she was dead, and I knew that was just then. the cold open. That sucks that you've seen Scary Movie. Uh, I meant to mention this on the first half of the movie. I kind of mentioned it, but Scary Movie, almost scene for scene, this film. Oh, yeah, but except just with stupid jokes. Cartoonish, yeah. yeah. It's it's so blatant, it's mm-hmm. almost like... Like, there's spoofs, right? Yeah. And it is a spoof, but it's almost like rip-off levels mm-hmm. of egregious. No, it's ridiculous. But the thing I was going to mention here is the fact that when this movie premiered, people did think like Drew Barrymore was the main lead. Whoa. Because she was the biggest name actress on the film. That's crazy. And she's like 
on all the posters, like right in the front. That's fucking hilarious. And um, the actress who plays Sydney mm-hmm. Prescott just wasn't very well known at the time. Mm. Actually, most of the actors who were like the main characters in this movie weren't really well known at the time. And so a lot of the audience went in and they're like, oh, yeah, Drew Barrymore is going to be the main character. She's the most famous. Yeah, sure. Obviously. And so this whole like cold open happens, which is really long. It's long. It's like 25 minutes or something. And it just kind of blows people out of the way because like she dies. She dies. Yeah. And there's a couple scenes where it looks like she's going to get away. Well, what's really cool is instead of doing like cold open cut, because like a lot of horror movies, you would do a cold open and then get the title card. And then that's how you know. It's a cold open, you know what yeah. I mean? This movie opens with a title card, then starts playing. Yeah. So it's so it tricks you in a way, which is really nice. So I just wanted to mention that, because it kind of sucks that it didn't work on Bob. But that yeah. is a thing. The next thing I do want to mention is the two killers' motives. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, this movie has crazy good plot. Yeah, there's kind of this whole B-plot in the background that um, a year ago, before the events of this film, Sydney's mom was murdered, mm-hmm. and she ended up, being like the key witness in the case and, you know, accused this guy, uh, Cotton Weary, for the murder. And the whole time, in the background of this movie, there's this woman, Gail Weathers, who's a reporter on, mm-hmm. I think, Channel 6. Yeah. And she basically did the case coverage for the uh, Cotton Weary case and was convinced that, you know, the killer isn't Cotton Weary. Mm-hmm. It's like Sydney was wrong. It was someone else. And there's kind of this whole B-plot in this movie of, Sydney doesn't like Gail. Yeah. Because from her perspective, it's this tabloid reporter who's calling her crazy. But also she's like profiting off of the death of her mom, which is yeah. like oh fucked up in a way from Sydney's perspective. But like the first time Sydney talks to the killers on the phone, they're like, Oh, we murdered your mom. Yep. And so it ca- immediately casts this doubt on like whether Sydney was right mm-hmm. or if the killers are just fucking with her. Because it, it was a very public case. But long story short, it comes out that Billy's the killer and he's going after all these people. Primarily to kill Sydney mm-hmm. and set up Sydney's dad for the murders because Sydney's mom, as we learn throughout the film, at the very least, it's heavily implied, she s- cheated on her husband a lot yep. and slept around town. And it's applied probably a good amount. And one of the people she uh, slept with was Billy's dad. Yep. And so when Billy's mom found out, she left Billy's dad, but also abandoned Billy and he got upset. And that's why he's murdering people. Yeah. Which is very interesting um, setup. Oh yeah, for sure. And it it adds another layer to the film that doesn't need to be there to create mo- like you can give a killer motivation without needing to set up all this background stuff to make the motivation make sense. Yeah. And by doing so, it makes a very cohesive overall story, which I really it it helps a lot. It's very well done, and it's also cool because it it gives Sydney this background trauma, mm-hmm. which is. Pretty unique for, I think, a random slasher oh, final girl. for sure. And that's what makes this movie so goddamn good, is it's layers on layers on layers of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. The other thing I do want to refer to, though, is Stu's reasoning. Now, there's... I, I don't know what it is, because he doesn't <laughs> give one. <laughs> he doesn't. He says peer pressure, man. Yeah, which is um, pretty funny. Which is, which is pretty funny. Uh, but I think there tends to be two reads on that. The one that Scary Movie gives... Is that he has a thing for Billy. Oh! And that's, like, why he's going along with peer pressure. No, that makes sense. Um, I could see it. I'm not sure how much I I like that one. Well, it also explains why he doesn't feel so bad about murdering his girlfriend. But I can also definitely see it. However, the read I've always gotten on it is Mm -hmm. he's just, like, not all there. 
No, yeah, my read is that he's just a crazy person. That's always been my read is there's just something a little a little wrong with him because Which makes all of his ridiculous like over the top super ridiculous like what's the word I'm looking for? There's a very specific word for it, but I can't erratic behavior. Yeah, erratic. Uh, make way more sense. Yeah. Because he's like that the whole film. And it's always one of those moments where at the end of this film, I kind of feel bad for him. Oh, I feel so bad for him. Because he doesn't, obviously he murdered people, which isn't great, but he doesn't seem very cognizant of his actions. No. At one point, Sydney's like mocking him and she's like, I called the cops. And when he's like, did you actually call the cops? She's like, yeah. He's like, mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. Yeah. It's a very funny line, but it's also this moment of, this character clearly doesn't realize that he's in real trouble. He doesn't understand the weight of what's happened. And that's not a normal thing for, like, mm-hmm. what, a 17-year-old character? Yeah. And it's it's very odd. But I, I just wanted to bring that up. No, yeah. I think it's a it's a very different vibe from Billy, who's Who very much— definitely knows what he's done. Knows he's, what he's done and is very in control. Yeah. Almost the entire movie. It's kind of that nice duotomy, though, of, like— Oh, for sure. Manic— Versus, you know, non-manic killers. Mm-hmm. No, it's good. And I I think that's probably the best aspect of there being two killers in this film is they bounce off of each other super duper well, like personality-wise. Like, it's just so fun to watch them interact with each other. Oh, and yeah, it's, it's so great. Good. And also, it lets them get away with a lot of bullshit because there are two of them. <laughs> yeah. Which is great because it makes the whole whodunit aspect way, way stronger. Uh, it's it's great, A, because of the whodunit thing. But like I said, it's not something that was done before now, mm-hmm. and so it was completely unexpected. But it makes a lot of the bullshit that like horror movies get away with, with like teleporting killers, yeah, actually valid. And if you watch this not going in blind and going, I don't know, there are two killers, you get the whole thing of like, oh yeah, the killer can just do that because he's the killer. Yeah, it's a horror movie, right? But once you know, like you can actually pretty much track like, oh, he's just running here, and then yep. there's the other guy there. Mm-hmm. That aside, though, before we, I guess, go to the recommendations. The final thing I want to mention is two points that I think are really, really dumb in this film. <laughs> okay. Like, close to the end, there's some other things where, like, people mess up and just make bad decisions. Sure. Right? But there's two bad decisions made at the very end of this film that I think are especially egregious because they are stupid. Yep. Like, life and death stupid. Firstly... As a part of their cover-up, <laughs> Stu and Billy decide to stab each other. Yeah. To be, like, the final killers, but they didn't get away unharmed. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't think that's the worst plan ever. No, it's not a horrible idea. Um, there's some issues with forensics throughout this whole movie. Oh, for sure. That's but something I was thinking about. Hand wave that, because movie, you know? I guess. And so their plan isn't that bad, all things considered. I mean, my thing is, this plan is super convoluted and insane. No, and, like, but super well set up. And if they were to be so as precise as they think they're being, they would have thought of that. I mean, fair, but the plan was created by Stu. So, you know, fair enough. think about that. My issue isn't with the plan and everything. My issue comes down to the fact that, well, A, they got a lot more manic at the end. Yeah. Which was a little bit weird. But again, that's just how the movie has to be for it to work. But my real issue with their plan is they start stabbing each other. Before they've dealt with all the people? Yeah. And it's just so dumb. Like, if they had literally waited to kill Sydney before they started crippling each other, yeah, they probably would have gotten away with it. Oh, probably. So, you know, that's that's dumb. I think it really has to... It's almost a reach for me. So, 
can I can I have a little bit of input here? Because yeah. I think I know why they do it. I mean, go ahead. Is it the show off to it, her? It's that, but also like, I think a big part of this movie is that Billy wants Sydney to feel pain. And what's more horrific than watching two dudes stab each other in front of you? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like his goal is not only to kill her, but to make her feel as much pain as possible. And watching, like, them stab each other and do all this fucked up shit is part of the process. I mean, fair. But you know what you could do first? What? Stab her so she's bleeding out, and then you start stabbing each other. I mean, sure. It's just, it feels like kind of a stretch for me. Because they, they were overall doing a pretty decent job. Yeah. Until that one thing. And it's like, who in their right mind, which Stu's not in his right mind, but Billy's kind of there. He's around. Would there. be like, I'm going to stab myself before I've killed all the able-bodied people in this building. Sure. So I've always been a little iffy on that. I do think it's a cool scene, though. No, it's a good and scene. And I, I love Matthew Lillard's, I'm feeling a little woozy. <laughs> I think I'm dying, man. <laughs> He's so great. He's so good. But probably the worst thing, like the stupidest thing I think any character does in this film is Billy's looking for uh, Sydney at one point because she gets away. Yeah. And Sydney ends up hiding in a closet and she bursts out and she stabs him with an umbrella, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, it's a good scene. But she does it dressed up as Ghostface. Yeah. That is the stupidest decision I have ever seen in a movie almost ever. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I can agree. For with two you. reasons. A, she spent time putting it on. <laughs> putting it on, which is really easy to put on and off. But like, yeah, it's basically just a dress with a mask. It's I think it's even a robe. Like, I think it opens up Maybe. in the front. But like if you're in a high tense situation like this where it's high stakes and like a killer could jump out at you at any time. Being preoccupied, putting on a a costume (laughs) is really dumb. But you know what? Maybe I get that. The real reason I think it's stupid is she's called the cops. They are going to be here any moment. You know what looks really, really bad when the cops come? If you're wearing the killer's outfit. If you're wearing a ghost face outfit, stabbing someone with an umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. She is so lucky they weren't there already. Yeah. Because... I'm going to be honest. I think it would be a much funnier movie if they burst in the door right as she's taking the mask off and just shoot her. Oh, my God. That's brutal. And I I, want to say in my my magical universe where it was Dewey and Randy, I think that would be the peak ending. That's hilarious. Everyone else is dead. Stewie and Randy have gotten the shit beaten out of them by Sydney. Sydney. And she's just stabbed one of them and (laughs) she gets shot. So they win. That's hilarious. That's so fucking but funny. I, I just wanted to talk about that because it, it's just one of these moments of, yeah, it's a cool scene because we get to see Ghostface stab the Ghostface killers. Yeah, I mean, that's a cool moment. And I, I get that. It's super cool. It's kind of meta, but it's also like, yeah, that was dumb. No, it's stupid. And for a movie that's all about like punishing dumb decisions in horror mm-hmm. movies, to do that is like, well, you should have been punished, right? Yeah, I guess. It just stands out, I guess. No, and when it happened, I was just like, why would she put that on? Like, I was just like, you could have just burst out of the closet and stabbed the man. I don't think I've ever seen the trailer for this movie. I wonder if there's a scene in the trailer. Oh, probably. Where they have Ghostface stabbing Billy. Billy So that you don't think it's if you've seen the trailer. And that's why it's in there. Maybe. 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 That makes sense. No, that would 
That would definitely make sense. Because he, he's obviously the really obvious red herring. Yeah, for sure. But in this film, you're supposed to believe it. On that note, though, uh, let's do recommendations, I guess. Okay. Uh, if you're a fan of horror movies in general, this movie's chock full of references to other horror films or horror-adjacent properties. Honestly, it definitely helps if you've seen some other horror movies. Like, it helps a ton. You get a ton of references. It's really cool. Yeah, I'd almost say, though, you don't need to, like have seen the horror movies you just need to know of know them. about them yeah sure that's a, fair a lot of the meta elements are kind of like jokes about names of films mm-hmm. like general film cinema knowledge is kind of what you need yeah if you're a fan of slashers it's a good slasher it's a lot more grounded than a lot of the slashers that came out of the 80s and i like that about this film i think it's super fun if you want a good meta movie goddamn, it's great this is I'm going to say it again. I mean, this is head and shoulders above every other meta film we've seen. Like, I can't believe how insanely interwoven the meta elements are. And it's so fucking fun. No, it's much better than the other ones we saw. Even, I know what you did last summer, who's the same writer. Yeah. I think in part, that's just mostly due to the fact that good writer and good director. Mm -hmm. It's that combination. Yeah. If you want a good murder mystery, and we, you know, you (laughs) didn't just hear us talk about who the killer is. It's great for that. I love a good murder mystery. I love a good whodunit. You all know that. I've said that on like every episode of the Meta Slasher genre category thing we did this season. This is the best one. Like it's great. Like I I like this movie. It's really really fun. I'm excited to watch the rest of them at some point when we fucking get to it. Who knows oh, yeah. what that'll be? It'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah, those are my recommendations. I I like this film. It's very 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 good. Okay. I, to be honest, I have most of the same recommendations as Bob. If you want a meta slasher, this is the best one, hands down. If you want a smart slasher, also pretty good for that. Yeah. But, I mean, I think really the biggest recommendation I can give here is if you're just a fan of horror or even just, like, want to get into horror. Yeah. This is kind of a good film to watch because it's it's important to the genre because it revitalized it. And I think it's created a lot of the tropes and ideas we see in the modern, like, especially slasher zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. But it's also, like a pretty low ratings movie overall. Like, the gore can be pretty bad at times, and yeah. it can feel pretty brutal. But it doesn't hold on it for super long. But objectively, yeah, there's not much of it. It's yeah. really the intensity. I, I hate mm-hmm. to bring that back up, but it's the intensity that makes that gore bad. Yeah. And aside from that, it's like there's a couple scenes of gore, but there's not that many, like, issues with language. Mm-mm. There's no nudity. They just make jokes about it. Yeah, and that's really funny. <laughs> It's just like a really good film for like your young teen wanting to get in the horror. Yeah, it's I mean, a that's good jumping off it. point, I think. Yeah, but yeah, I think that that's probably my recommendations right there. So I guess we do reviews. I'm in a tough spot because, like I've just said, this movie's really good and I really like it a lot. I don't remember what I gave the other two movies in this category. I'm gonna be honest with you. I there we watched four of them and I don't remember any of them because it's been a while since we recorded those episodes. But I'm going to be really honest. I think I have to give it a five. Like, I I don't have any major issues with this film. I think, in a meta sense, it's so much better than every other one we watched. It's a pretty good slasher with really good plot. It's super well written. The acting's great. I mean, yeah, I have to give it a five. I, I like this movie, and I get why it revitalized the genre. Like, I totally get why slashers died. Then you watch this and you go, holy shit. Because it's so different, you know? In a lot of really, really good ways. Fair enough. 
All right, I'm in an awkward boat here, right? Because like I said, I've seen this film so many times. Yeah. Where I think the main aspect of the film being like a whodunit mm-hmm. doesn't really work for me anymore. I mean, fair enough. I totally get that. I mean, it doesn't make it any worse, but it's just like when you've seen a film so many times that you know some of the lines just generally, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to look at it objectively. No, that's totally fair, and I get that. And so just straight up like my enjoyment of the movie nowadays isn't super high anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love the movie. I think it's pretty good. Not that the Scream franchise has ever been like my most favorite franchise ever, but I, I think it's pretty solid. And I, it goes to show because this movie's just so, so good. But in all honesty, like I, it just doesn't hit me the same way. No, that's it fair. Used to. And so part of me doesn't want to give it like a super high rating. Damn. Um, Because of that. Cause I, I don't know. It just doesn't hit me that same way anymore. It doesn't have that pizzazz. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have the oomph it used to, I guess. Yeah. With that being said, I'm probably just going to give it a five because it's just so tightly done. Yeah. And well shot and well written. We can talk about the cinematography. There are some really, really good shots in this movie. Yeah. It's just, it's overall just a really, really good film. And I, I, I really can't find anything too wrong with it. So... Again, I was kind of between a 4.5 and a 5, but yeah, I'm just going to be nice and give it a 5, I think. No, and I totally get where you're coming from in having seen it before and knowing, because I'm going to be honest. When I thought I knew how this movie ended, I wasn't having as good of a time. Yeah, it's a really good film, and to be honest, it's one of those hard issues of, at its core, this is almost a mystery film, mm-hmm. and when you know... The mystery. In a mystery. Of a mystery. You lose the main interest of that story. Exactly. Um, you know, mysteries are mostly good because of that mysterious element. Uh, that's why they're really, really hard to, like, rewatch and stuff. Yeah, man. Or just watch it all if you know the the ending. And so when you have films like that, the, the thing you have to look at is how well-written they are and how mm-hmm. funny and um, how well thought out. And, you know, this one has all of that. And so I... I, I I don't know how good the staying power is long term, especially if you've seen it 40 <laughs> times, because this is on at like every Halloween party I've ever been to. I mean, to. yeah, why wouldn't it be? This um, and Halloween, you know? It really does. It's pretty good. Man. So, five. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that's my big thing is like, I could see myself rewatching this for fun without yeah. needing to know, like, needing to pay attention to it or know the mystery part. You no, know what I mean? It, it's really cool because it's so well done that you can find new things every time you watch it mm-hmm. that are just like, oh, I didn't catch that. Which, you know, that, that shows how well done it is, I think. Yeah. Um, on that note, though, I guess we're going to go to the outtakes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> you better include those. Uh, it's an embarrassment, but I will. Last time we talked about you embarrassing yourself, you purposely didn't put them in. No, because they straight up weren't funny. Oh, were they not? No, I told you this. They straight up were not oh, even entertaining. Okay. Well, we'll see if they go in now. No, nah, they probably will because it's pretty funny this time. <laughs> All right. See you guys in a minute. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Scream so far. I like this movie. I think it's super duper fun. But without further ado, let's get into the outtakes. This first clip is our reaction to one of the first dead bodies we see in the film. What happened to Steve? <laughs> That's what happened to Steve. Holy shit. They <laughs> gutted him like a fish. Didn't think Steve got that fucked up. This next clip is me making a statement that's completely and totally false. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. I'm aware Dewey's a murderous bitch. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> He's very funny. This next clip is our reaction to Sydney giving Gail exactly what she deserves. Oh my god! Holy shit! <laughs> god damn! I did not expect her to punch her in the face like that. That was awesome. This next clip is our reaction to Gail and Dewey flirting. Are you hitting on him or are you calling him a child? And if you're doing both, that's weird. <laughs> Dude, Dewey and his boyish good looks. Here's another clip of me being wrong and assuming Dewey's the killer. I didn't know that. That's sick. What? That's such a good way to set up the end of the film. What, a fake out? Yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes and how wrong I really was. God. I I feel so much shame right now. Like, post-seeing the movie and being everything. I'm like, oh, that's so stupid. Why did I think that? And I don't know why. And I can't explain it, because how did I get half of it correct? How did I get half of the movie correct? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm going to say scary movie. Maybe. I've seen it. Anyways, we don't have any real announcements, except next week's the wrap-up. Yeah, end of the season, baby. So tune in for that, and uh, we'll tell you what the categories are for next season. It's going to be a weird season. I got a feeling right now. (laughs) It'll definitely be weird. Uh, Aside from that, you know... Check us out wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to it. Uh, we're also over on YouTube for whatever reason. If you want to watch us there, that's available. Uh, the only reason I would go over there is to show us some love because we can see your subscriptions, your likes, stuff like that. It's also nice because it's one of the main places to communicate with us at. You can do that in the comment section of a specific video if you have something you want to mention. Or you can go over to Twitter and uh, go tell Bob about your favorite scary movie. Oh, that's a good point. That's actually a nice conversation I'd like to have because I feel like people have varying, like, some people like specific genres, you know? Yeah. So it's like, what's your favorite scary movie? I don't know. Like Ben said, check us out on Twitter, at Beware the Board. It's where I post updates about the show, information about the show. Basically, if there's anything you don't know about the show, it goes on our Twitter. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that Friday's episode, which is basically a hidden movie cover that you could reveal so you can see what the movie is that we're watching that week, so you can watch it before we do, so whenever you listen to the episode, you don't get any spoilers. Then, on Fridays, or whatever an episode goes live, I post a link to the episode with maybe a funny meme. Oh, God, you can make a you can make a good meme out of this one, I'm just saying. There's some funny moments. You could do it. It's up well, to you, though. But will I? Maybe. So if you ever miss an upload or want to know when something went up, there's always a link on our Twitter. Last thing... I'm back to making short form content for TikTok, at Beware the Board, and YouTube Shorts. Are you actually, though? Uh, yeah, actually, I worked on one yesterday morning before mm. I went to bed. Was that the first time you worked on one in a while? Uh, yeah, it was. Oh, it, was it? Yeah. Because right after Aliens, you promised you were going to work on one right after recording. Uh, yeah, I did. Oh. And uh, you know what happened? What? I played Baldur's Gate. <laughs> so you didn't. Uh, I meant to, but then I forgot. And then was like, I don't want to play Baldur's I Gate. I was like, I listened to that episode last night. I was like, I'm going to call Bob on out on that 
Yep. Because I know he didn't. No, I meant to. But then I was like, you know what? That can wait because Baldur's Gate. <laughs> you were being spiteful about but it. But also, we discussed a new way to do short form content, and I might try that out. Yeah. We'll see. That'll be cool if you do it. Yeah. So look out for more short term short form content coming on at Beware the Board on TikTok and on YouTube Shorts. I'm going to try to get some more out, but it's another time consuming thing. But now that we're done with all these side series and other nonsense for a while, at least till the end of the month. Till next year. No, no. We got to. Christmas, baby. Thanksgiving. We got to do movies for holidays, baby. Thanksgiving too, baby. I don't want to watch it because that movie sucks. <laughs> I like the first one, though. It's not good, but it's fun. Thanksgiving too. <laughs> no. Okay. I think that's it. All right. See you guys next week. Yeah. See you guys next time.